0: Hello and welcome in to another episode of Locked on Wolves. This is the postgame podcast from the Timberwolves' 17-point win over the New York Knicks on Monday night as the Wolves move to 6-0 and at home this season. They defeat the rugged New York Knicks, doing just enough on the glass, getting better as the game goes on. Anthony Edwards, Carl Anthony Towns both come up big in this one. Jaden McDaniels got hurt in the first quarter. We'll talk about that. We'll break the whole thing down here on the postgame pod. Welcome in. You are Locked on Wolves. Hello and welcome to the Lockdown Wolves Podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Lockdown Wolves. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash lockedon to get started. Happy Tuesday, everybody. And it is a victory Tuesday after yet another Timberwolves win. A big thank you for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen every day. Of course, this show is free and available everywhere, including YouTube, as well as all of your favorite audio platforms. Wherever you like to listen to podcasts, you can find Lockdown Wolves. You can also watch on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota app on both Roku and Amazon at Fire TV. And you can follow on Twitter at Lockdown T Wolves and also at B Beacon with two B's, two E's, CK. E-N. All right. This is the postgame pod. The Wolves are now 6-0 at Target Center so far this season. They've won, uh, what, nine out of their last ten now. Uh, two straight after the New Orleans win on Saturday and the Knicks win Monday night. And uh, this was, it was good to get another one that, it wasn't easy, easy, right? Like there was no real garbage time until the last maybe three minutes of the game. And this wasn't quite a wire-to-wire win. I think the Knicks scored the first bucket of the game and they took a brief lead again in the second quarter. But it was nice to have a game where it felt like the Wolves were going to win from start to finish. It was really the first time we've had that, I, I think, since before the road trip, right? I mean, I know they ended up beating the Spurs relatively easily, but that thing was touch and go. The Golden State games, of course, were as well. Um, so this was uh, this was nice, right? It, it was good to get one that felt like they were going to get it basically from the start, Um I want to kind of I haven't been like doing a full game flow for all these because I don't want to just like go blow by blow more than likely watch the game or listen to the game. Um, but I, I think this game was interesting because it unfolded um, in like a pretty clear way. Like it wasn't just like ah, it was a close game and then the Wolves pulled ahead this like early in the game. The Wolves were getting crushed on the glass and the Knicks came into this this game uh, the number one defensive rebounding team in turn, in terms of defensive rebound rate, number two in offensive rebound rate. And of course, the Wolves have been much better on the glass this year than they were, say, last year or even the year before, but they've slipped a little. They're, you, coming into the game, the Wolves are eighth in defensive rebound rate. They were 18th in offensive rebound rate. So that was always going to be a difficult matchup for the Wolves. The Wolves, also, they've seen their turnover rate spike as well. Um, it, it was pretty good to start the season. On offense right now, the Wolves are 23rd in turnover rate. That's been an issue. So, and the Knicks are a good defensive team too, by the way. Um, They're, I think they're 10th in turnover rate defensively. So you have a a top 10 defense with the Knicks who are a great rebounded team, best in the league and good at turning you over. You have a team of the Wolves that has struggled on the defensive glass at times, especially recently and also struggled with turnovers, especially recently. That piece plus coming back after a long road trip was worrisome to be coming into this game. And sure enough, the first quarter, yes, the Wolves are a plus three at the end of the first quarter, but the Knicks really killed the Wolves on the offensive glass. And the Wolves were very fortunate that they did not give up more second-chance points. At one point, the Knicks were averaging like less than a point per possession on second-chance possessions, if that makes sense. So basically, I can't remember the exact. And it was like the Knicks had like uh, 12 offensive rebounds and only 11 second-chance points. Less than a point per um, offensive rebound, if you will, which is not a good point. Uh, mark by any means, right? Less than a point per possession is always a bad thing, um, especially when it's a second chance opportunity because how often are those putbacks or they lead to open threes, right? Um, so the Wolves are doing a good job with that second effort defensively. And that's really why the Wolves were able to maintain a lead as slim as it was. They were plus three at the end of the first quarter, up two at halftime. But early in the game, the Knicks energy, the Knicks physicality on the glass was difficult for the Wolves. And we'll get we'll circle back to Anthony Edwards later, He led the team in rebounding this game with 10 boards. That was huge early in this game. Um, He did just enough on the glass with his activity and his physicality, frankly, from the guard spot. And you're talking about a Knicks team that they have some size in the backcourt, but those guys, and also they're a fairly, it's a tips team, right? So they're a rugged team, um, good defensively, good on the glass. And the Wolves did just enough and were good enough on those second effort defensive possessions to... You know, not only hang in there, but also have a slim lead as well at the end of the first quarter, at the end of the first half. The other piece of adversity early in the game, of course, Jane McDaniels rolls his ankle while he's playing defense and has to get helped off the court. Um, only played five minutes in this game, never came back. The Wolves quickly ruled him out for the game. Uh, so we'll see. Um, of course, the Wolves are in this rhythm now, playing every other day. So at this point, it'd be surprising if he were to play Wednesday. Don't know officially from the team yet, as I'm recording this, what what the deal's going to be, but um, or what the anticipated... Absence would be. Of course, Wednesday, the Sixers, we'll talk briefly. Well, actually, we'll talk more about it on tomorrow's show. Um, but, you know, to not have McDaniels to guard Tyrese Maxey and, and pitch in there um, is going to be tough. But the Wolves do have Nikki Alexander Walker. Of course, they still have Anthony Edwards. They also have Troy Brown Jr. They have all this length they can keep throwing at opponents. And that was big as this game wore on. So early in the game, too many offensive rebounds for the Knicks, too many second chance opportunities. But the Wolves are good enough defensively that they limited those second chance the damage that the Knicks could do at those second chance opportunities. Offensively, the Wolves were turning it over too much, but they also, like they finished the game, I'm going to throw up the stats real quick here on YouTube, Uh, we can all look at this number together, the Wolves turned it over 13 times, the Knicks turned it over 10 times in this game, Um, and a lot of those turnovers for the Wolves were in the first half, they turned it over too much early, but a saving grace in this game for the Wolves. One of the saving graces for the for the Wolves in this game was that the Knicks don't play with with much pace. They're th- which is an understatement. the Le- the, the Knicks were thirtieth in the league in pace coming into this game. You're not really gonna force them. And not that you'd want to, but they're they're not they're not going to be forced into playing in transition, right? Like the Knicks don't want to push the pace. That's not their mo. Um, for the game the Knicks and Wolves were actually even in fast break points with 24. The Knicks could have had a lot more if they had wanted to run, but the Wolves, because the Wolves were so sloppy with the basketball early in the game. And actually there were a couple of possessions late when the Wolves could have pulled away more quickly, but they just got sloppy with the ball again. It was like early and late in this game. The Wolves are a bit too careless with it. And so that was an issue that cropped up, but it, like it was mostly because the Wolves were overpassing, which is, if you're going to turn the ball over a lot, I mean, I you know live ball turnovers are obviously horrible and you don't want that. But it wasn't because the Wolves were stuck in isolation. It wasn't a sticky ball situation, right? Like we've seen the Wolves have that, or especially early in the season, it's something Chris Finch has brought up a ton. Mike Conley's brought it up a ton uh, to the media where the Wolves just get stuck playing isolation. That didn't happen. The Ant Tunnel Vision thing didn't happen too much in this game. It was more because they were overpassing. And... It, like technically that's, you know, a very bad thing because you don't want to give up those essentially pick sixes going back the other way for a dunk or a three in transition. Um, but you'd rather have that be the problem than, than a guy pounding the basketball into the floor for 20 seconds and heaving up a brick or throwing it past the last second of the shot clock that leads to an interception going the other way or, you know, a shot clock violation or whatever. This was the Wolves were trying actively to just, pass the ball constantly in this game and often to their benefit, right? I mean, as a team, they finished this game with, uh, what was the assist number? With uh, 30 assists in this game for the Wolves. The Knicks only had 16 assists. The Knicks are not a, um, a a not anywhere near as good of a passing team, or I guess in this case, a shooting team is the Wolves. The Knicks were horrendous shooting the basketball. Credit to the Wolves' defense. But the Wolves had... One, two, three, four, five players with four or more assists in this game. Three players with five assists in this game. A well-rounded offensive game for the Wolves. And I want to talk a little bit more about that. I want to talk about some individual players and their their uh, their individual performances, I guess, in this game, but what was most impressive. But just know, well turnovers were an issue early. It wasn't worrisome to me for the most part because they were turnovers of of opportunity, right? They were the Wolves Cat had a silly one. Um Rudy had a silly one. Like there were some of these, like, "Hey, I'm going to make this extra pass. I'm going to do," you know. Ant has a couple of those a game, but you'd rather have that than a sticky ball, last second turnover, a terrible shot selection, etc. Shot selection was good. Assist numbers were great. You can handle 13 turnovers if you shoot the ball as well as the Wolves did. You're generating open shots with your passing. Um, and you also get some easy layups and dunks with your passing, which the wolves did as well. So we'll break all that down next. And we will do individual studs and duds here in just a little bit. Today's episode of lockdown wolves is brought to us by our title sponsors at FanDuel score this NFL season. We're now a little past the midway point. Of course, big games coming up this Thanksgiving you can score with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. And this is a great week to do it. NBA action, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Tons of teams playing. You get uh, playing uh, play in-season tournament games later this week. You have three football games on Thanksgiving, three NFL games, an NFL game Friday, the first ever Black Friday NFL game um packed week of sports and you know a lot of us are gonna be hanging around eating drinking watching sports a great time to join FanDuel. the app is so easy to use there's a wide range of betting options that include spreads player props over and on un- over unders and more so visit fanduelcom slash locked on to continue your nfl season here as we're into the middle of the season and and really kind of close setting into the home stretch with the nfl Visit fanduel.com slash lockdown. Fanduel, official partner of the NFL. Lockdown has launched the first ever national sports 24 7 streaming channel on YouTube. Lockdown Sports Today is here for you 24 7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Lockdown, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Lockdown Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24 7 streaming channel. All right. Um, Let's continue talking about the Wolves offense and that's one of my key takeaways from this game and let's 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 move into that portion of the show. Uh, just I guess putting a bow in the game flow. The Wolves pulled away in the third quarter and it got a, I don't want to say dicey, I think it got I don't know that it ever got closer than 14, maybe 12 in the fourth quarter. The Wolves got a little sloppy with the basketball. Cat, we'll talk more about this, but he went from like not fouling at all to committing basically five straight fouls in the fourth quarter of this game. It it got a little bit dicier than it should have, but Ultimately, Tibbs called the dogs off with about four minutes to play or so. And the Wolves got, you know, subs in the last two minutes. Mine got to see the floor. It was good. Um, So it was basically a blowout win, although it didn't quite feel that way for stretches early in the fourth quarter. But the third quarter was where the Wolves really poured it on. And we saw a lot of this positive offensive ball movement that I want to talk about now. Yes, they turned it over a bunch early. Yes, they turned it over a little bit too much late. But in the middle, because they had this mindset of just sharing the basketball all game long, uh, it was just beautiful, beautiful basketball in this uh, really late second, and I would say the majority of the third quarter. As I mentioned before, the Wolves had five players that had four or more assists in this game Mike Conley, Anthony Edwards, Kyle Anderson all had five. Shake Milton and Carlton Towns each had four assists. Um, I, like, just in general, the Wolves moved the ball extremely well offensively. There were some good high-low passes. Rudy had two, three lobs that he converted. One was on a pass from Shake Milton, uh, which was nice to see in transition. We saw um, we saw a couple nice back cuts where the Wolves had some some uh, passes find their way in for dunks and layups. We, uh, there was the Anthony Edwards assist to Kyle Anderson for an and-one as the Wolves were pulling away in the fourth quarter. This was right after the Knicks went to um, you know intentionally follow Rudy Gobert. As they were down, I think it was like third, it was 12. Rudy made one of two free throws, went to 13 points with about five minutes to play. And um, and Rudy split the pair, come down to the other end, Wolves come in a foul. Finch takes out Rudy, puts in Kyle Anderson. The next offensive possession, um, Anderson kind of slips back door, really. I, I forget who it was, it might have been Julius Randle, got distracted by Towns on the perimeter rightfully. So, and Ant just fired a perfect pass to Kyle Anderson led him right to the basket and he made the bucket was fouled completed the three-point play. And that was almost the dagger pushing the lead back to 16 points, I believe, or 15, maybe at that point. Um, so lots of those just smart passes for the wolves. Again, the 13 turnovers not ideal, but the 30 assists were great. 30 assists on 41 made field goals um, was, was really nice to see. And, and again, the ball movement was so so refreshing to see. And I don't mean that because it's not like the Wolves haven't been sharing the ball, but this is one of their better games when it comes to that. Um, Another key takeaway, the response to all the issues that I talked about in the first segment, the early turnovers, rebounding issues. We've seen this team, even this season, but especially the past couple of years, kind of shrink from the challenge when it comes to a team that they knew was a good rebounding team, has size like a Julius Randle, like Mitchell Robinson, um, like Isaiah Hartenstein coming off the bench. Like, uh, just a, a big team. The Wolves have faded from some of that in the past, and they took it, they 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 rose to the challenge of this game after taking it on the chin in the first quarter. And, you know, the Knicks ended up with 17 offensive rebounds for the game. Mitchell Robinson's an ace when it comes to that. But the Wolves limited the damage as the game went on, limited the damage early, really, and just got better on the glass as the game went on. So to see that response, and also committing so many fouls early, the Wolves actually ended up attempting 32 free throws of their own in this game. The Knicks attempted 34, um, and I thought the Wolves did a really good job kind of coming back from that. Um, Another takeaway for me, I would say this was arguably the best all-around bench performance the Wolves have gotten this season. Like, there was no dominant performance that stands out if you look at the box score, but to a man, they all played well, and... I mean, Kyle Anderson was very good. Nine points, five assists, a couple of blocks for slow-mo in this game. Had a couple of nice buckets that he made to essentially ran the offense for stretches um, on the floor as well. Shake Milton, one of his best two or three games this season, easily six points, five rebounds, four assists in 14 minutes. The rebound and assist numbers for Shake Milton, like he still missed both of his three point attempts. But if this dude's not going to make threes, he's got to do other stuff. He did. Four assists and five rebounds in 14 minutes. Two of five shooting. Got to the line once in this game. Had that nice lob I mentioned earlier to Rudy. An active, effective game from Shake Milton. I, I, like you can't ask for anything more for a guy who's trying to pull himself out of a slump. He's got to make some threes at some point. Still looks uncomfortable shooting the ball from the perimeter, which is strange to me. But a, a solid game. Nikhil Alexander-Walker, yet another great game. He ended up playing 33 minutes because of the McDaniels injury. He had 11 points, five rebounds, three assists was a plus 15 off the bench for the Wolves, four of eight shooting, knocked down three of six from beyond the arc and um, just continues to look very comfortable shooting the basketball. Nas Reed, you know, still an uneven line and he fouled out in 18 minutes, which isn't great. Um, But 10 points, three of eight shooting, got to the line a couple of times, had a nice and one, Um, three rebounds in this game, did have three turnovers. I mean, he maybe struggled the most of the bench, but like, it was fun. Like, he hasn't played great lately. I thought this was an okay Nas game. Troy Brown Jr., first rotation minute since before McDaniels return from injury in like game three or four of the season. Five points, five rebounds, a couple of assists for Troy Brown. You know, you'd like to see him shoot the ball a little bit better from the field, one of five, but um, I thought he played well, got called for some tiki tack fouls. Um, so just a good all-around bench performance and and exactly what the Wolves need out of their bench, especially when you know somebody like McDaniels goes down. So a good bench game. Um, in general, the defense we talked about a little bit, I'm going to throw these stats, including the field goal percentage back up if you're watching on YouTube. The Wolves shot over 51% from the field and held the Knicks below 35%. It was the first game in, I don't know, a week and a half, the Wolves have held an opponent below 40% shooting, which they'd been doing so often early this season. It was like, what was it? Six of the first eight games, the Wolves held an opponent below 40%, and seven of the first 10 or something like that, they held an opponent below 42%. Great to see them do this to the Knicks. Nine of 38 on threes for New York, which is what, like 23%, I think? Yeah, 23.7%. Knicks only turned it over 10 times, but again, they don't turn it over a lot, and they play at a slow pace. The Wolves only being a minus six against the best rebounding team, You know, for all intents and purposes, the best rebounding team in the league. Only being a minus six, especially with the way the game started, not a bad thing. Fouls, again, has been an issue more recently for the Wolves, a lot more like last year. Really, the last three, four games, it's been a problem. The Wolves need to clean it up, um, so we'll keep bringing that up. We'll obviously discuss it when I preview the next game on Wednesday, but that's something else the Wolves need to uh, to work on. Um, next, I want to talk about Carlton Towns. It'll be part of Studs and Duds. I thought he still... You know, the the fourth quarter kind of took away a little bit, uh, which I'll talk about, took away a little bit from what we've seen from Carl Anthony Towns recently and even in this game. But he was so good for stretches again in this game. Um, And I want to talk more about that, talk about the maturity level, some of those things. We'll do individual studs and duds, and that's how we'll close out the show here today. Today's episode of Locked Out Wolves is brought to us by our friends at Prize Picks. PrizePix is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. They are the easiest and most exciting way to play DFS. It's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections and watch your winnings roll in. With basketball season now a month underway, you can still pick combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League, a league created specifically for combo projections that includes two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, LeBron and Travis Kelsey, you could have taken 10.5 combo three pointers made plus receptions, take more than or less than. Uh, you could have done it with Carlton Towns points and. Kelsey receptions on Monday night. He played Monday night football um, and, and taken more than or less than whatever that number was. You could also play alongside some of Prize favorite players like rapper Meek Mill and comedian Andrew Schultz. Find community plays under the promos tab of the app to view entries from some of the biggest names in the Prize Picks community each week. Go to prizepicks.com slash lockdown NBA and use the code Lockdown NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, prizepicks.com slash lockdown NBA. Use the code LOCKEDINNBA for that first deposit match up to 100 bucks. Prize picks. Daily fantasy sports made easy. All right, let's talk Carl Anthony Towns as we kind of cruise into the individual studs and duds portion of the show. Cat was phenomenal once again. 20 points for Cat, 6 of 10 shooting, ultra efficient. 20 points on 10 shots every day of the week. We will take that. Five rebounds, four assists, three steals, two blocks. Yeah, you'd love him to grab more rebounds, in 36 minutes. But if he's gonna pitch in five stocks, right? Three steals, two blocks, and four assists, we'll take it. A plus fourteen in thirty-six minutes, six of ten from the floor, two of three outside the arc, six of seven at the free throw line, is looking so comfortable shooting the basketball. Scored in every possible way in this game once again, got a little bit physical with Hartenstein, late third, early fourth quarter, which was nice to see him be feisty down low, but also, you know, hit a mid-range jumper, hit a couple of threes, got to the line a bunch. Another well-rounded Carlton Town's performance. I think he only had one foul, at most two, going to the fourth quarter. And I don't want this to completely detract from the performance, but Cat got into that thing where he gets a little handsy. Yes, there were some ticky-tack calls, but it's I, I've said this before. It's been a while since I've had to say this. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy right? for both Cat and for the officials. Cat thinks he's getting hosed by the refs. The refs are like, ah, it's Cat. He fouls a lot. So if it's close, we'll call a foul. Cat thinks he's not following when yeah, by the letter of law, he might be. Is another guy going to get called for the same thing? Probably not because of the of the refs, you know, benefit of the doubt. Cat's not going to get that right. We saw it, you know, for a while. It felt like he was. But like Scott Foster the other night called a couple ticky tacks on Cat. It's like the. It's like I'm just hoping we're not back into this vicious cycle. Right. Because it's it's not like it's so much more fun to watch Cat do what he's done the last what, six, seven games than it is to see him get back in the cycle of foul trouble, um, you know, stray voltage stuff, etc. I don't think we're there yet. Uh, this was just, hopefully the fourth quarter was a blip. He ultimately fouled out, which was crazy. Um, but there were there were a couple of them that were real ticky-tack foul calls. So don't let that distract from the fact that Cat was awesome in this game. I mean, look at the efficiency. 20 points on 10 shots. Ant was really good. He had 23 on 21 shots. Right? You obviously take the cat efficiency. He had more free throw attempts, made more threes on less three-point attempts. Um, just a really efficient game for Carl Anthony Towns and obviously one of the studs in this game for me. Um, I thought that, um, again, he showed like the perfect balance in terms of how he was playing on both ends of the floor, the maturity, et cetera, until some of those moments in the fourth quarter. So strong cat game. Anthony Edwards, also a stud, mainly because of the stuff he did besides scoring. He had 23 points, 10 rebounds, his second double-double this season, five assists, two steals, um, nine of 21 from the field, only one of six on three-point attempts. I think he made one of his first three or four, and then he got tried to close the game out, launched a little bit too much late. Uh, only got to the line four times, yet another game where it felt like there was maybe a little too much mid-range coming from Ant, and it's great that he can make them. I know he was making him at a a really good clip over the first two, three weeks of the season, but like last year he did not shoot mid range jumper as well. So um, I don't know. I, I just hope that the shot selection can kind of, he can kind of rectify that a little bit because he just didn't get into the paint quite enough in this game. Did ultimately again, 23 points, 10 rebounds, five assists. Like we'll take that right. Couple of steals, a good ant performance, some big minutes late in this game. Um, and defensively, by the way, he looked much more locked in in this game than he did it really at any point in the new Orleans game on Saturday, besides the possession that he fouled out in on, on Saturday night when he was trying to guard Ingram on the perimeter, it was locked in defensively in this game. And, and I thought was a big reason for the wolves pestering the Knicks into under 35% shooting and, and, uh, you know, 24% from deep. So credit Anthony Edwards for that third stud. I haven't talked about Rudy. I don't think I've said his name yet. Rudy Gobert, Solid game. Um, and, and and by the way, you could give this to Nick Alexander Walker too. Like he would be probably the other one that I'd pick. But Rudy, a perfect seven of seven from the field. Yes, he was only two of seven from the line, but he impacted the game in such a way. Defensively, this was another game. Um, this was back to the the last handful of games have been a little more up and down for Rudy defensively, I think. But if you go back and watch this game, the number of shots he impacted in the paint. There was that stretch where he I'm forgetting who shot it for the Knicks, but he stepped up, contested a shot contested, released down the floor, and I think it was the lob from Shake Milton, all in that same sequence. And I think he'd gotten a rebound in the possession before that. It was like this span of just Rudy dominance. And it's not a stat every time he comes down the floor, right? It's not always a block. It's not always a rebound. It's not always a made shot. But it's the gravity he brings on both ends of the floor that's so important to what the Wolves want to do and what they've been able to do for the most part so far this season. It's why Tim Connolly wanted him on the Wolves. Defensively, he completely changes the game. Teams are afraid to get into the paint against Rudy Gobert, and especially with the way he's been playing so far this season. The Wolves were a plus 10 on points in the paint, and the Knicks, the vast majority of their points in the paint were coming off of second-chance points, which if you're going to miss that many shots, of course there's going to be a ton of offensive rebounds as the game wears on, right? So of course you're going to have Mitchell Robinson grabbing seven because your team shot sub-35%. So just the volume of missed shots at some point... um, it's understandable they're going to get a few putbacks, but there were very few. And credit the the uh, the, the perimeter defenders, D. K. Alexander, Walker, Anthony Edwards, Mike Conley, for limiting straight line drives and opportunities at the rim for guys with the ball in their hands. So much of the paint damage done by the Knicks, and again, still a minus ten uh, in the paint for New York was second chance opportunities. Um and and with the high volume of miss shots, you're gonna get a few more of those. So good game from Rudy, 16 and 7, a couple of blocks and assist, a perfect seven of seven from the field. And only 26 minutes, by the way. The Wolves took him off the floor late uh because of the um the the I hate the term hacker Rudy because it was really only fun when it was Hack A Shack. Whatever. Um the the Knicks decided to intentionally follow Rudy and so the Wolves took him off the floor. Chris Finch, that was a smart move by him. Good game for Mike Conley, 11 and 5, knocked down three threes, strong performance. Uh, I mentioned Nikhil Alexander Walker as a potential stud. I mentioned him earlier as part of the bench performance, a great game from Nikhil. I don't have any duds in this game. If I had to pick one, it would be Nas just because of the one of six from outside the arc, following out in 18 minutes and the three turnovers. Um, but I don't think he necessarily played bad. I think the bench as a whole played well, this was just a well-rounded, impressive professional performance from the wolves. The Knicks are good. Like they were eight and five coming in. They'd won six out of seven. But as I said, at the end of the show on Monday, Look at who they've beaten, right? It's Charlotte a couple of times. It's, it's I think, uh, Washington and Detroit. Like uh, They haven't really played a difficult schedule. So, a nice professional 17-point win for the Wolves. Things get a lot tougher Wednesday. Philadelphia comes to town, and uh, Philly is really good. And the Wolves very likely will not have Jade McDaniels. But at the moment, the Wolves are back on top of the Western Conference in a, uh, I think, I think, well, let me just pull it up real quick. I believe they're in a tie. Yes. Uh, well, no. They're half game ahead of Denver and Oklahoma City. And, of course, they have the tiebreaker over Denver. But percentage points-wise, they're 10-3. and three. The Nuggets and Thunder are both 10-4. and four. Um, So a fantastic, fantastic last couple of games here for the Wolves to kind of right the ship after the debacle in Phoenix, that schedule loss last Wednesday. The Wolves get Philly at home on Wednesday night, this Wednesday night. And then after that... Um, Sacramento Friday doesn't get easier. They're playing great here lately at Memphis Sunday. Um, so of course a winnable game, but if they could come out of this homestand for sure, split the next two, you feel good about a two, a two and one homestand there, but certainly winnable games, right? No, no back-to-backs on the horizon, no back-to-backs for almost a month. Um, or actually exactly a month, right? Um, so Great to see the Wolves get yet another win. Wednesday show, we will preview the Wolves-Sixers matchup. We'll talk about what Philly's been doing lately here after they've made their uh, their early season moves. Uh, we'll talk about Tyrese Maxey, what the Wolves could do to try and contain him and the Sixers. That'll be Wednesday's show. We'll take a step back and look at where the Wolves are at uh, in terms of some of their overall stats. We haven't done that in about a week or so with as many games as, as have been uh, going on here. So we'll do all that here on the show Wednesday. Um, a big thank you once again for watching Lockdown Wolves on YouTube and for watching on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota app or wherever you like to listen to podcasts. A big thank you for making us your first listen every day. Of course, the show is free and available everywhere. You can also follow on X at Lockdown T-Wolves and also at B-Beacon with two B's, two E's, C-K-E-N. A reminder that Lockdown has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Lockdown Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Lockdown Plus, our national shows that cover every league. Go to Lockdown Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Of course, the Lockdown Wolves podcast is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Remember, the Lockdown Network is your local experts on all the biggest stories. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Lockdown Wolves podcast, and we'll catch you next time.